0: This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by. Come check out the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce live at Free Play, Florida. So far, we've got
1: confirmed guests Billy Mitchell, Walter Day, George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost on Cartoon Network, Keith Apicary, classic gaming whiz and self proclaimed Sega CEO, Scott Adams, legendary creator of text based adventures, and our good friend Brian Colin
0: creator of Rampage and Arch Rivals. There will also be over 200 games at this event, including three 10-foot arcade cabinets featuring classic games like Star Wars. There will also be a console museum. Go get tickets at
1: wp.freeplayflorida.com Friday's is going to be 25 bucks. Saturday is 30 Sunday is 25 bucks. kids are, of course, $5. You can get the whole weekend, Johnny, for 60 and also there's going to be an awesome Saturday night party, which is $15, but it's going to be from 11.30 to 3 a.m., full arcade, music, plus live performances, and it's all at the newly renovated Double, Double Tree SeaWorld. World. So, you definitely want to go check it out and don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with, with Johnny and Deuce, Deuce sent you.
0: This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by the Lakeland Role Playing Guild. Join the adventure with the Lakeland
1: Role Playing Guild. Founded in 2000, the guild starts its 18th year of supporting and promoting the role playing game hobby in September with a big anniversary party and some lightly structured games. The Guild hosts 2 many mini-convention style game nights every month on the second and fourth Fridays where you can find up to four scheduled and prepared games, plus up to three open tables all ready for a packed four hours of hobby-centered fun and fellowship. Among the regularly scheduled games on the LRPG's rotating calendar are three exclusive in-house ongoing campaigns one exclusive in-house mini-campaign anthology series, and a few periodic episodes of members' personal home campaigns. The majority of those games are RPGs, but miniature war games hit the guild tables as well, along with the occasional board game. Some events also feature instructional clinics and roundtable discussions on a variety of game rules, techniques, and theories, so all participants can share their experience and learn more about the hobby from each other. The Guild also has planned gaming-free social outings on those random Fifth Fridays that pop up some month, And of course, members of the LRPG take part in area conventions as players and game masters, as well as coordinate some activities with other gaming clubs. For more information on the Lakeland Roleplaying Guild, visit the website at lakeland-rpg.com or check out the social media at facebook.com slash lakelandroleplayingguild. And on Twitter at LakelandRPG, plus hashtag dice on the road. Lakeland Role Playing Guild, they play games. Don't forget the uh, happy hour with Johnny and Deuce.
2: Sent ya. Hello, internet. yeah, we back in the feds Don't know you had a long day, but let us interject Sit back, relax, and have
1: some cold beer Gotta pay a few bills, yeah, we're all clear And it's loose on the loose, you know the tag team champions. we get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp The outlaws of the new age And we still got love for the retro waves. You know, Nintendo Sega Genesis, so many systems, your dreamcasts and reminisce. So pull back the curtain and hit the booth, because it's the Happy Hour Podcast with Johnny and Deuce.
2: Yeah. If you've never drank beer out of a dirty ashtray, you don't have hair one on your balls. This is the Happy Hour Podcast with Johnny and Deuce.
0: Hello, Internets. My name is Johnny Womack. Of course, I have my main man, my co-captain on this wild ride, Deuce.
1: What is going on,
0: man? Hey, man. Every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with good old Deuce Salute.
1: Cheers, sir. Cheers to those drinking at home. Cheers. And if you're
0: not of age, enjoy your uh, ginger ales. Exactly. But I'll tell you what, if nothing else, I wish I had a
1: time machine and I could reach my hand across and cheers my 16 year old self because we have the man, the legend, the myth, John St. John, a.k.a. Duke Nukem, on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Where? (laughs) he's here oh you're talking about me hey yeah (laughs) hey fanboy nerds
2: (laughs) oh
0: man you don't even
1: know like once we got the email back from your publicist how much i flipped the fuck out like literally (laughs) i called johnny on the cell phone at my job because i was like hey i gotta go outside i gotta have a smoke and they're like you don't smoke and i'm like ah who's fucking cares and i
2: I'm, I'm, I'm called johnny I'm and like, that was the moment the deuce dropped a deuce <laughs>
1: exactly because i was like johnny we've got duke nukem coming on this show holy shit like my brain just exploded all over the parking lot It <laughs> so did uh, that vowels. just really tickles me you guys that's funny that's funny well I, it was so so funny because i was talking to johnny I had just bought the new uh, Storm Full Clip Edition, which you are a part of as Duke Nukem, which is the oh, whole yeah. reason I bought the fucking thing. Uh, I played it before, and I loved the game, but I was like, Duke Nukem's in it. Oh, it's day one purchase for me, and I played it, and I loved it so much, and it added so much more when I got to play as Duke Nukem that I was like we got to talk to the man the myth the legend himself but how was it making that game because i think that's the newest game you've done in a while voice acting wise that that's
3: the most recent release yeah um, there are others that are in in the works you know but i, I signed those non-disclosure agreements so right, i can't right, talk right. about them today right. but but i am really glad that you brought it up because you know i have a, a lot of uh, convention appearances and uh, i just t- spoke to the new uh, pr manager at gearbox software yesterday and i said hey i have all these cons coming up Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. You know, I want to get get it into the hands of more gamers. He said, "Okay, I'm sending you a crate from FedEx tomorrow. Watch for it." So, all of these upcoming cons, I'll be appearing at, including uh, Mag Labs, which is next week in Alexandria, Virginia. I'll be giving out tons of copies of Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition.
1: Awesome. Well, just so you know, your episode is dropping next Tuesday. So, next Tuesday is when this is going to be live for our fans. So, when are you going to be at MagCon? Because that's going to be the weekend after next, correct?
3: Yeah, Maglabs is, I'm consulting my calendar. Let's see, I, I fly out next week. So it's, yeah, it's the uh, September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Awesome, so it's Labor Day weekend. It is, oh my God, I didn't yeah. even know. I'm yeah. going to be
3: gone on Labor Day weekend.
1: Well, that's going to be a lot of fun for the fans, but also knowing that you're going to have a bunch of copies that you could sign is really, really oh, yeah. cool, and I highly recommend it. The game was amazing before. But you add Duke Nukem, and it just kicks it to a whole nother year. Uh, I loved it. And, and something I loved, and I don't care what anybody says. I love Duke Nukem forever. I bought yeah, that day one. Yeah, <laughs> That game was so
3: interactive, man. I mean, not, not just because I meant it. Right. But I, I played through Duke Nukem forever more than I ever played through 3D because you can interact with so many things in that game. I thought it was awesome. Can you imagine, had that game come out back in 2000? Right. What it would have done? I think oh it would have been God. revolutionary
1: because you're right. Like, there were so many things you could interact with, there were so many things you could do. And I yeah, also I- told people that were playing it, I said, You got to remember, this game's been in development a while, and some of the things may not be what you're used to, but you need to give it a chance. I loved it. I bought it day one. Uh, I even actually bought a couple extra copies and gave them to friends as birthday presents.
3: Dude, Uh, hey, thanks for helping put my kids through school. I really appreciate that. Anything I
1: could do, because anything that's got Duke Nukem slapped on it is, number one, a day one purchase for me. But if if I can figure out a way, thank God that we got the podcast now, that I can buy things like video games and beer and write them off on my taxes— if I can write it off on my taxes and That's help somebody, a brilliant idea It is. Yeah. It, it, that's the whole reason we started Allegedly and that's for our legal allegedly, department Allegedly yeah, yeah. Uh, is My CPA was like Guys you hang out all the time and you talk If you did it with a couple mics on You could write off your beer, your video games All of this and I was like uh, I guess we're starting a podcast, Johnny. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, So,
3: And who gives a shit whether you have listeners or
1: not? Exactly. As long as, exactly. write
2: everything exactly. off. as, long as exactly. I can write
1: it off and I get free beer, I don't care. But I also love it because I get to write my video games off and it makes opportunities like that where it's like, hey,. I could buy an extra couple of these games, give it to people as birthday presents, give it
0: to clients yeah, as presents. We'll, uh, we'll give out, like, for our Twitter followers, uh, we'll give out, like, codes for downloads as well, right. like when we buy digitally. Mm-hmm. so Steam codes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll just give those out to our listeners, and then they'll just be like retweet tell your friends about it and then there'll be a drawing or whatever at the end of the week and then we just pick a random winner and yeah. it's it's really cool cuz they're excited they're All telling right. their friends about it it's a, that's the thing about like i don't i want to ask you actually about social mm-hmm. media because social media has been this crazy animal for a while now it's been oh, yeah. you know for i'd say the last decade I mean it's been longer than a decade but the last decade it's really like Caught on to a lot of generations. You have people like my dad. My dad's like seventy four. He tweets, you know, and he he kind of got mm-hmm. all the got Your all. Dad's the, tweeting. Yeah, my dad's tweeting. Holy shit! He's tweeting about tweeting. He's tweeting. He's, 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 he's on the Twitter sphere. He's on the Twitter sphere. So the old Twitter machine, uh, if, what he calls it, the Twitter machine, because yeah. uh, he's still trying to figure out. Isn't
3: is uh, isn't that referred to as geezer tweeter?
0: Geezer, I tweeter. guess. Geyser I don't, don't even know. I didn't know anybody <laughs> over the age of like thirty.
1: 30 was on it, you know, except for me and you because we're old as dirt. Right.
0: But I think it's interesting because it's a lot of people have kind of gravitated towards it because you can hit your demographic, your fan base, in a totally different way. Like, it's a little more intimate because you can be like, hey, someone just tweeted at me or someone just sent me a message on Facebook or whatever it may be, or someone sent me an email. You can go back and just kind of send that and reply to them and make it personal for them if you have the time. And it's just a cool way to connect with your fans that, you know, you'd have you know 15 20 years ago you had to go through a lot of channels just to talk to people oh, and yeah. if they even saw oh, your yeah. email or a tweet or message or whatever so it's a lot you know
3: god bless technology right cuz it has changed every in my industry it has changed everything I don't even have to get out of my bathrobe to do my job anymore. It's freaking
1: awesome.
0: That's that's yeah. the best. I mean, when you don't have to wear pants, that's no, the best thing. Hey,
1: that that's what I, my life goal is. I just don't want to wear pants. Like, if you guys I can- notice, the camera is not on, right? Exactly. <laughs> not I, I noticed that, so I kind of was like, uh, I think I know what's going on because it's it's funny whenever we do these Skype interviews because I always tell people, I'm like, look, we're doing a Skype interview. Uh, we don't use the video. We're only using the audio. Nine times out of ten, the women will actually turn the camera on, but every single time it's a dude, camera's never on. Yeah. <laughs> Ever.
3: Like we had one earlier yeah, you, today. You
1: don't know what I'm doing while
3: I'm watching you guys. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That one on the right, he's mighty cute, boy.
1: <laughs> 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 he's, he's got a purdy mouth.
2: I like the way you look in them jeans, boy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can say these things because, um, well, men know what men like.
0: Exactly. They do. They do. <sighs> but
1: it, 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 I'm I I mean, you're blushing. I'm yeah, he, blushing. Yeah, Johnny, blushing. Yeah, Johnny's <laughs> about to be broken. I'm gonna have to CPR him and give him another beer. Uh, He's going to
2: need another beer.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Beer me. <laughs> beer you. Yeah. Oh, goodness. But, no, I mean, it, it's interesting because, like I said, literally we had a, a comedian, Big Tim Murphy, who was on earlier this evening. And, like, mm-hmm. every time we have a guy on, it's always camera off. Yep. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, you know, it helps if the camera's on so we can see. Like, because I'm a comedian, so comedy-wise, I like to see if it's landing or not. So if I, I can see. Okay, well. No, no, no,
3: no, 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 The reason I didn't turn the camera on is because, you know, the audio bandwidth is better if you're not using it oh, for well, the, video. It the and way. I, I assured you guys just wanted to hear my voice. No, no, no,
1: yeah, no, 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 no. absolutely. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you,
3: you don't want to see my face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but usually, like, when we're telling people the reason why we keep the camera on, it's like, as a comedian, I like to see people's faces because uh, then I know if the joke is landing or not, or if we, what, one we of my bit, jokes were right. too risque, like, you can see the cringe, you or, know what I'm
0: saying? or on a more technical aspect, because, yeah. I'm am I'm a tech junkie. Some like you said, you know, video obviously can affect internet bandwidth and whatnot. So like w- w- sometimes they're frozen and we've been talking to this person for a while. Yeah. We have no idea if they're still on like because when you have the Skype it just has the black screen with the logo. And oh oh like, yeah,
3: and we had a glitch like 5 minutes ago where you guys disappeared on me for a few seconds.
0: Right. So there you go, yeah, it cool. happens. It'll it happen happens. all the
1: time. So and that's the thing like with the with the video you could kind of see because it's it'll glitch out on you and you're like Oh goodness, are they still there? But when you just look, because there's a little round icon with a picture, right? And you're like, uh, you know, because we we me and you both on interviews have had full conversations with people, and then we're like, what's your thoughts? And it's just silence, or they'll call us.
3: <laughs> because they're not there anymore. Exactly. Right. And or I'm used God to God it. God it. It God sounds like my comedy the internet. Night.
0: Yeah, I yeah, know, right? It, or it's or it's the thing where we're like talking for like 20 minutes and then all of a sudden we're getting our phones buzzing because they're calling us. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, my internet's back. down or whatever, yeah. or I can't connect or something to my Wi-Fi, or something's blocking it. And then we're like, oh, yeah. my God. So it, that whole 20 minutes we have on audio because we're recording yeah. everything audio-wise. But it's 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 interesting animal to see technology, how it's improved. Because this is a question I want to ask you, because when... Duke Nukem 3D came out. I mean, it was mainly a PC. You know, you had, uh, you know, was it uh, Macintosh, uh, D- MS-DOS? I mean, there was yeah, a, some of the different there was formats. Two, yeah, then, it was DOS. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And so, shareware originally. Too. Right. right. Right,
0: right. Yeah, so you had different formats, but it wasn't, it didn't, when was the, I'm, I'm trying to see when the first time uh, Duke Nukem uh, games hit a uh, console. I think it was PS1, right? Or was it, no, no, s- it was 64, right? Three, 64, it was 64 right. and
1: yeah. uh uh, PS1 and
3: 64, PS1. Right.
1: Yeah. That kind of era is when I know PC, or no? excuse me, the Duke Nukem games went from PC mm-hmm. to console because I remember having like Duke Nukem 3D for the 64, right. and then on the PS1, we had Duke Nukem out of time or in time or something. Time to kill. Time to kill.
0: (laughs) See, he would know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Zero hour. I
1: I love time to kill. That was one of my favorites just because you went through all the time periods. Like, you went through the old west, which I love. You went through Mm -hmm. kind of like medieval time. Like, you went through all. It was great because I was like, what are two things I love? Time travel. Duke Nukem. Put him in a sandwich. And I'm like,
0: this is awesome. Yeah. And
2: I never had time to play with myself. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we should just let you talk for the rest We'll just mute our mics. Yeah, we'll just and, let and, you yeah. talk. Just, just
1: let him talk for the rest of the time because it's solid gold. But, yeah, like there was Duke Nukem Zero Hour. There was Duke Nukem 3D, which if I remember correctly, I want to say that there was a edition of Duke Nukem that just dropped for the PC not too, too long ago. So so the so. Duke
3: in the Caribbean.
1: That would have been one, and there was another one. What was the newest one he just dropped? Cause
3: was- Zero Hours.
1: Yeah, but it was like a remaster on Steam, if I'm correct.
3: Oh, oh, yeah, they were doing the Duke, Duke uh, 3D remastered, but then yes. uh, that one went away when um, Gearbox re-released the original oh. Duke 3D with the high, high end, higher-end graphics, graphics. better sampling yeah, and or whatever it was. That, yeah. yeah, and that one's
1: the one that just came out.
3: Not too too Yeah, that was the twentieth anniversary edition. That was uh yeah. that, that was pretty cool to play through again. I, I got a copy, obviously, and I'm a PC guy. Right. And uh, just to play that same game, but with enhanced enhanced graphics and the new level they put in, that was that was fun. That was a real treat. That that was a flashback to when my son was, you know, six years old and hitting the space bar. <laughs> yeah. Shake it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think his it- mother divorced me, by the way. <laughs>
1: but I think especially and I don't want to get too weird or creepy but like with me and you because we were the same age that was like one of the first games that had a lot of like adult themes like that yeah. we're mm-hmm. like holy cow you could have this in a video yeah. game this yeah, is crazy dollar.
3: yeah yeah. Awesome. yeah yeah you know that and and doom I guess back in that day when you had your your dial-up modem but you yeah. do like Duke match with I, I would play with my brother who was in Virginia while I was out here in San Diego oh wow and it was so intense I I remember just you know, getting itchy scalp and, and and sweaty and just shaking waiting for the action because it was so you didn't know where the other Duke was right you know that was today today's games just put all of that to shame but back then being able to do it for the first time was I, I remember, so intense I
0: remember my first time so I mean it's <laughs> it's, it's it's really intense <laughs> but uh no I see what you mean because like back then it just to be able to the internet was a weird thing back then anyways Cause cause, it was
1: like it, it, Baby, baby
0: infancy Right, when stages. you had the Prodigy yeah. or CompuServe, you know, like those, those internets yeah. that people don't – I mean, kids nowadays, they're, you know – They ponies, don't know anything
1: about that. They like, don't know any of that You stuff. had to dial up to a service, and <laughs> right. then once you got to that service, then you could internet like right. there was like a internet middleman that she had to right.
0: go talk to, and I to. couldn't, I yeah. couldn't be on the phone at the same time I was on the internet. And whenever my mom would pick up the phone, it would disconnect me from the yeah. internet. I'm like,
3: no. You know how long it took to download one single porn picture?
0: Oh, it probably take <laughs> we you. All remember yeah, we, yeah, yeah, no, it, people at home yeah. can't see this, but we all but remember this.
1: They would scroll down slowly, yeah, yeah, slowly, yeah. and Top then it would to get bottom. to the bottom, Always and, and the then the it would have to start order over. That you wanted. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it took you forever, like probably ten minutes to download. download. Download one picture, and God help you if that girl was not attractive. You're like, I'm
0: I'm done with this. You're like, I, I, okay, I'm so tired. I, I'm done. I'm good. This is a keeper. I don't care what's happening the rest. Uh, But yeah, no, it's for me. It's interesting because we talked about technology earlier. And now it's like you have this the the the, uh, broadband and all that like the the fiber optic systems. Oh yeah! I mean it's crazy. Hundred and whatever, hundred megabytes per second is insane. Like I remember the first computer I ever owned. um, Well, we had a a, a MS uh, Tandy, like a Tandy. A machine from Radio Shack, back <laughs> Radio in the day.
3: Shack
1: computer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> when you had the green screen, you had the big old floppy. You know, you'd put in and whatnot, oh, yeah. and you could. Is a lot of text games like Zork and all that. Like this and text. Then we adventures. finally got
1: like Police Quest and Adventure right. Quest, and yep. we thought that was hot shit. Yeah, we thought we were big
0: timing. And- yeah. So, and it, it's also cool because you guys, uh, when you guys were doing Duke Nukem and whatnot, you know, the guys were doing Doom and you guys were doing your thing. It was like that whole, it changed the face of the industry forever because, like, first person shooters are a staple of video games now. Yeah,
3: and speaking of which, I mean, think back to when Duke 3D came out, RPG meant rocket propelled grenade. (laughs)
0: Right. Exactly. Like, if you said RPG, everybody knew
3: what you meant, Rocket,
1: rocket propelled grenade, but you... You literally, sir, are one of the founding fathers of the first person shooter movement. Wow. Think about that for a second. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's pretty deep. Uh, yeah,
3: thanks for making me feel even older than <laughs> I actually am, you son of a bitch.
1: But also, you got to think he's got to definitely be the founding father when it comes to voices for first person shooters. 100%. Because Doom Guy, no voice. Wolfenstein three yeah. D, that guy had no voice. The only first person and those were the big three And Quake, right? Quake didn't have Quake anything. Quake didn't have a voice, but right. in my opinion, the big three are Wolfenstein, Doom, Duke Nukem. Right, those period. Are the big three. End
3: yeah, of yeah how many other games in nineteen ninety five or six actually had any voiceover at all? Right. Really. Except I mean there for were you. not a lot.
0: Well that's why that's why during the ni- early nineties, because you couldn't render voices the way you do it now. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of a lot of LucasArts games, if you remember, were point-and-click adventures. You had to read the text right. and, and all that. They couldn't afford or they couldn't fi- have, fi- have the technology to put it on a... Uh, floppy 3.5 or, or a CD-ROM when CD-ROMs were kind of starting out. People were still learning the technology. They couldn't figure that out. And they found out later on that, you know, hey, CDs, you can hold more storage and you can do this, and, and then they were able to get creative with it. But
3: it was— Right. And, and you know, along those lines, too, the the quality has changed so much. And, I mean, uh, uh, on a personal level for me, the audio quality for voiceovers changed so much in games that over the years people said, what, you don't do the same Duke Nukem voice anymore? Yeah, I do it the same way I always have. It doesn't sound the same. Yeah, because you can actually hear it now. Right. Yeah. When we did the uh, the 20th anniversary Duke Nukem 3D, I re-recorded every line in the game from the original CD uh, that Lee Jackson gave to me years ago of all the original takes. And I just popped it in a CD player, uh, started a, a record session going, and just mimicked every line to get it as close to the the original as I could. And... I didn't change the voice at all, but when you AB them, you know, listen to the eight bit versus the sixteen bit. Man, it's night and day.
0: Well, yeah, especially when I'm hearing you now, it's like you have like this like a uh, timbre to your voice that, it, and maybe it, like it, like rolls.
2: You mean like, the resonance of my resonance. voice? Resonance. There that you go. Fucking thing that you couldn't hear in
3: eight bit, but you can in sixteen. So yeah. everybody was saying, "Oh, well, you just got older and your voice changed." No, it's the same.
1: Yeah. But it's just now that you can get so many more audio levels and now that you're moving it to, uh, you know, a, a PC game and you're with the bullet storm, you've got it, you mm. know, on these newer systems, you get way more audio channels and way more right. audio levels to it. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell you, the guys
3: at Gearbox that that you asked uh, earlier, now we're circling back around to that. What was it like working on the uh, bullet storm full clip edition? Yeah, um, probably the best recording experience of my entire career. And the reason for that is, you know, I I, I live in the San Diego area, but Gearbox, they're in uh, just outside of Dallas. Right. And they built brand new facilities in Frisco, Texas. They have pretty much their own building uh, with a huge, you know, mocap studio, I mean, everything. But their audio studios are fantastic. So when they decided they wanted to record, they said, well, you know, we we got a lot of fanboys who work here, too, kind of like to meet you. So why don't we just bring you out to Dallas to record? So instead of me being here in my studio, right? they would fly me for a week at a time to record, you know, eight hours a day, Monday through Friday right. for Bulletstorm. Put me up in a five-star hotel. Wow. Limoed me around. Paid me very well. And then brought me back two more times for two more, you know, subsequent weeks of recording right. and treated me like a king. I didn't pay for a thing the whole time I was there. And and as Randy Pitchford said to me, you know, you'll always be the voice of Duke. We consider you family. And that just uh, that really made the whole thing for me that that made that recording session the most memorable I'll ever ever have.
1: I'm a little choked up right now. (laughs) Well, number one, we've got to give a big shout-out to Gearbox because we're both Mm -hmm. big, big fans of them. But you also got to think and remember, 90% of those guys that work at Gearbox got into video game development because of you, because they were fans of Duke Nukem. And because of that is the reason that they have the careers that they have today. So of course, yeah, well, I, I can't take to that. credit for that. I mean, I,
3: I I was the voice, but I mean, the game itself—you really got to give it to the developers, the sure, guys who really absolutely. created that game. Right. But to this day, it continues to pay off for me. For instance, um, uh, Valve Software—they're right. uh, located up in Seattle. Uh, when they want me to record for them, they fly me to Seattle. Why? Because the developers and coders who work there were fans of Duke Nukem when they were teenagers. Right. And so now they're fanboys, and I benefit by it, you know. They fly me up, I record, and then we all go out and drink.
1: Right, which is exactly what I would do if you were here with us because, I mean, to those guys, even like you said, and I agree with you 110%, it's the guys that coded the games, that made the games, but also you made a lot of the game because you were the voice, and because not all those coders are around and they're not near as famous as you are you're the piece of that game we can actually latch on to and touch and, and talk to yeah, and have I've, stories I've heard people with. say
3: it's it was the voice is what really gave Duke the personality and that's, I agree. you know, brought, brought him to life. And yeah. I think those expressions are pretty good. I, I think that's a good description.
0: I was, you I actually, brought him to life. you stole the words right out of my mouth because I was going to say, imagine if Duke Nukem, I mean, it would have been a good game with, out the voice, but it wouldn't have had that it extra... Wouldn't... No, it because wouldn't... you just you... only had the hand movements. Right. And... You wouldn't have gotten yeah. the character. You wouldn't no. have understood the journey he was on. It would be a on.
1: totally you... different game without right. you. Like, right, If so... you weren't there, I don't think that game would have sold. And, 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 and you know what? I,
3: I know how lucky I am. They could have hired anybody, and, and whoever they had hired would be famous today as the voice of Duke Nukem. Right. I'm just the lucky son of a bitch who landed it. and And it was all just happenstance the way I got it. Well, can we ask you that story?
1: Because I would love oh, to hear yeah. it.
3: Yeah, I was a uh, radio broadcaster for, gosh, over 35 years. That's how I really got started. And I I was working at a radio station in San Diego. At the time, it was a classic rock station called KCLX 102.9, San Diego's classic rock. Right, anyway. uh, I'm the production director director, at that, sir. I'm sorry to interrupt your story, but you're goddamn
1: perfect at that.
3: (laughs) You should hear my Duke Rockham radio imaging sometime. It's on my website. Anyway. Nice. um, so, I was the production director at this radio station. that means I make all the commercials and have to voice a lot of stuff. and And uh, we had an auto dealer who had their own female voice talent that was to come in and record. Uh, for a spot I was producing uh, by the name of Lonnie Manella. I don't know if that name rings a bell with you, but Lonnie is one of the uh, top casting directors in video games. And she happens to live in San Diego. At least she, she was one of the top casting directors at that time. She still has a, a phenomenal amount of work that she does, and she's probably the most talented voice actress I've ever heard. Really, she's fantastic. But anyway, uh, she's in the studio recording this car commercial, and she's doing all these wacky voices, and so I started, you know, like mimicking her and then doing wacky voices of my own and she said wow you've got range would you uh, consider acting in video games and I looked at her you know with a puzzled look on my face like what are you talking about acting in video games because I I don't think there was any at the time and and I said sure hell anything for money And she goes, okay, we got this silly game coming out. She didn't know what it was either, but it was called Duke Nukem. And the first time I heard Duke Nukem, I laughed. I bet you did the very first time you heard it. (laughs) Duke Nukem? What the hell is this? And so uh, she goes, well, let's do an audition. And uh, a couple of days later, she sets me up on a phone call, a phone patch with uh, George Broussard uh, out in Plano, Texas. George is one of the creators of Duke. And uh, George is on the phone expressing uh, the sound he wants. And I think... He mentioned the actor Charles Bronson as Paul's, and I'm thinking, Charles Bronson? Nah, can't be the right voice. And Lonnie goes, "Well, do something, do do do, do, do a dirty, hairy line. Uh, okay, go ahead, make my day. And Broussard goes, wow, I like that tonality, but consider, think of Clint Eastwood on steroids. So he's really big and buff, and his voice has maybe dropped an octave. And I went, go ahead, make my day. And he said, <laughs> that's the voice right there, and it stuck. And that's how I landed the job, just uh, out of coincidentally meeting Lonnie Manella. So I I owe all my fame to her, really.
1: But that's wild because, see, the thing is when Duke Nukem, at least the first time I met Duke Nukem, was it was shareware. And it was actually more of a platformer. Like you would kind of jump Mm -hmm. up and down and shoot at stuff. But when you came to the table, at least when I first met you, was when Duke Nukem 3D came out. And I'm like holy shit, this is groundbreaking, because it was a Well, you know,
3: there's only uh, one spoken line in Duke Nukem 2, and that was Joe Siegler, and he went, I'm back, I think was his line. And I think to this day, uh, Joe Joe has a little bit of a hard-on for me, because <laughs> God, I, got, I got the 3D job and it took off. Who knew? You, know, you never know. Sorry, well, Joe.
1: Well, once you landed 3D, I mean, you were, in, at least in my mind as a, as a kid, cemented in that role like if the next Duke Nukem game did not have your voice in it I would have been out I'd have been like nope that ain't Duke uh that's (laughs) not the Duke that I played with the first time so
3: I'm glad to hear that as a voice actor I'm really pleased to hear that yeah
1: like seriously if I'd gone because back then the big thing was uh, in the game stores like the Babbage's the the electronics boutiques the GameStop wasn't even around back then uh, like, you would walk into a store and they'd have little trailers running on their TV that was on, like, a VHS tape. And I remember going in and seeing Duke Nukem 3D and I'm like, this is awesome, bought the game. And then when you put out the, the sequel later, I was like, oh, it's the same guy. Okay, of course I'm going to go buy this game. But if I had walked in, it had been, like, somebody completely different well, doing give you, it. Well, I'll
0: give you an example, and this is a really bad example, but for those okay. at home that not quite grasp what Deuce is saying... It's like when Dark Knight, right? Dark Knight came out, or the Batman Begins came out. Right. And you had Katie Holmes uh, playing the, the part of uh, his girlfriend. His girlfriend or whatever, yeah. And then she didn't come back in the sequel as in the Dark Knight. and It just kind of felt totally different. Like the, the mannerisms, the, just the way you enunciated, everything was totally different. So it changed. Yeah, you the- form
3: bonds with the characters. And when they right. go and change them out, it, they
1: break that bond. And now you got to start again? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. and you totally it loses your place in the movie. Now I'm the worst because we've got a place up at Downtown Disney called the Fork and Screen, where basically you get to sit there and eat food and drink beer while you're watching the movie. So Wait a I, minute, where are you
3: guys located? Where, where are you guys?
1: We're right outside of Orlando in Polk County. Oh,
3: wave at my dad. He's over there. Oh Um, well, You you mentioned downtown Disney, which is one of my favorite places here, just a half hour north of where I live. Oh, okay. okay.
1: Uh, It's actually now they've changed it to Disney Springs. Disney Springs, yeah. Uh, But it's still really cool. We've got an amazing Indiana Jones-themed bar, which I cannot recommend Uh, enough. But uh, like I said, I love going to the fork and screen, and you sit there, and you watch a movie, and you you have a beer, and you, you eat food, and you've got a waitress that comes to you. But long story short, I'm watching that movie, and I'm drinking a beer, and I'm like, shit, how many of these does I have? This girl's completely different. And then somebody's <laughs> like, oh, no, they changed the actress. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, well, I could have another five.
3: <laughs> so in, in, in addition to doing you know video game voiceovers, I do a lot of commercial work. Uh, you guys hear me all the time and don't even know it. I have some clients in Florida, so I'm on really? some car dealers That's down there. Awesome. Um, I do a lot of con appearances. Um, I'm working on a super secret project right now. Actually, two super secret ones that are gigantic that I, I so want to tell you about and I can't say a word. Um, they're not games. They're something that you would never even guess. Um, let's see. What else? Um Nothing I could talk about. Aren't I a great guest? No, you're a <laughs> terrific you guest. You're an amazing
1: guest. We've got to take a quick break to pay some of these Let's bills, take a break. and then we're going to be right back with more of the Happy Hour, with Johnny and Deuce. We'll,
3: we'll be right back after this Johnny important Deuce's message about you,
1: your guys. breath. Hercon 2017. Crush your enemies, drive them before you, and hear the lamentations of their women. Delve into the many aspects of the Dark Ages at Hercon 2017 from September 28th through October 1st and experience the best historical miniature gaming convention in Florida. Hosted by the Historical Miniatures Gaming Society, South Chapter, Huracan offers both the novice and the veteran hobby gamer a fantastic weekend of tabletop excitement and camaraderie. There'll be over 100 different game events across nine scheduled sessions. And these activities will include war games, role-playing games, and board games across a wide range of time periods, genres, and rule systems. In addition to the games, there will be merchant vendors selling game product and fast and furious flea market loaded with hidden treasures and fantastic deals. And there will also be some of the most talented and friendly gamers with whom you ever could hope to share a game table. Huracan 2017 will be held at the Park Inn by Radisson Resort and Conference Center in Kissimmee, Florida, Just off of U.S. Highway 192, special convention rate hotel rooms are $82 per night, plus tax, with no additional resort fees. Convention pre-registration admission price is $25 for HMGS South members or $40 for non-members. For more information, visit HMGS-South.com and follow the links to Hurricane 2017. The Dark Ages. Don't miss out. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Retro Retro Game Game Treasure
0: Retro Game Treasure is an amazing monthly subscription service They send you custom tailored boxes straight to your door from the video games that you love You go on there, you have a wish list You have your console of choice They'll send you games from an assortment of consoles like NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast Sega Game Gear, Game Boy Color Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and many more. Now announcing
1: they are delivering straight to you Nintendo DS games and PSP
0: games. What did the listeners of the Happy Hour get, Deuce? Put it in Happy Hour in the promo box and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go to RetroGameTreasure.com. Pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with, with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Grove Roots Brewing Company, the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Find them in downtown Winter Haven, Florida. They're also on Facebook.com forward slash Brewing and groveroots.com.
2: And now it's time for more of the Happy Hour podcast with Johnny and Deuce and Duke.
1: My God, man, like I said, it's a legend, the man, the myth. Oh, my God. i, I yeah, wish a legend I, in my own mind. Oh, trust <laughs> right? me. If I could give this tape to my 16-year-old self, oh, my head dude. would explode. <laughs> like, it, you don't know how big a deal this is for us, but we've Aww. been talking off air be, in the commercial breaks, as we do, uh, about yeah. cons and just kind of wanted to hear what you're thinking about cons, what your thoughts were, what cons you maybe want to do. Wink, wink, wink. Uh, con and, appearances. And, oh yeah, I'd love yeah. to come
3: down to Florida and do a con down there and see my dad yeah. in Orlando while I'm down there. If you guys can pull any strings, that would be uh, that'd be okay. That's acceptable.
1: Well, That's good. I uh, I know. Deuce knows a couple people knows a couple folks maybe uh make Excellent. a couple phone calls see what yeah. we can do yeah especially now that we got your PR reps uh, email address which yeah. I didn't think would ever go. happen yeah uh, I can send them to uh, send her address to the right people yeah which is really yeah you cool. know
3: what uh, that's you're talking about Vernita who uh, yes. takes care of all of my personal appearances yes. she is God actually going to uh, co-host upcoming panels with me at upcoming really? conventions. Uh, Including the first one we're going to try this out at at uh, mag labs next week my late night panel is an 18 plus and it's called john st. John's sexy naughty late night party.
1: That is fucking baller. That's it. It has absolutely
3: nothing to do with video games or con culture whatsoever. It's all about sex. (laughs) And it's uh, a lot of sex trivia and then um, uh, sexy challenges. Games like uh, Bobbing for Dildos, for instance. That's a good one. (laughs) That and then there's um, Suck and Blow, and that's where, with your hands tied behind your back, you have to pass a wrapped condom from player to player using only your mouth. So you have to suck to hold it against your mouth and blow it to. You know, yeah. Which is Games a lot like that. Harder. Oh, and then there's also. Um, I haven't decided whether it's going to be Pin the Penis on the Porn Star or uh, Pin the Dick on the Duke yet, but blindfolded with a, an inflated condom with a tack in it, you know, you have to find the right spot on the. Uh, life-size nude male model and pin the penis on the porn star. So that's that's the kind of stuff we'll be doing at my panels at upcoming conventions. We'll do that uh, at Mag Labs at uh, YomaCon, at RothCon in Virginia. We'll do that at uh, Anime Milwaukee. Um, so a lot of people looking forward to this one because there's an, an awful lot of 18-plus partiers at cons who i think are ready for something different and not the usual stuff they get at every con i hope to give it to them
1: well and and, and that's (laughs) the funny thing well no no you're perfectly fine but that's the funny thing i've seen lately at cons is cons now want to have these after parties but they don't want to have the atypical oh we get a DJ and all the cosplayers come out and you're dancing and drinking and, like, they want to do something different because and, – and no offense, because it, 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 it's kind of like me being a redneck. Like, if you're a redneck, you can talk about them because you are one. Same thing with being a nerd. <laughs> we are one. Yep. So, right. uh you know, being a nerd, some of that stuff makes us uncomfortable. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. a dance club. It's dancing. Uh, I'm not a dancer. I will drink my balls off, but I don't want to, like, get out there and dance. But if you're like, hey, no, 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 you can come here, you can have a couple cocktails, but we're going to have, like, a panel, we're going to talk, it's going to be more like a comedy night, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that I'm 100 times more comfortable with than trying to get out there and dance, which you get about six PBRs in me, I will dance my balls off. It won't be very good, but...
3: Uh, you know what? You're starting to see more diverse panels at cons. My friend, D.C. Yes. Douglas, I'm sure you're familiar with D.C. Yeah. Um, he has what he calls D.C. Douglas's erotic fan fiction panel. And I attended that at uh, Yoma in Detroit last year. It was hilarious. In fact, he inspired me. And that's why I ended up coming up with the sexy, naughty late night party, which kind of takes it all to another level. It's not just fan fiction. It's it's all about sex and sexy games. But it's going to bring people together in a different kind of way.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. It's like when you've got a panel like that or you've got something like that, like – there's a convention we love to death called Free Play Florida, which actually I'm gonna get you in touch with them. Oh yeah, that's a good con it, too. Trust me, they need you. It's the largest
0: yeah. retro uh, a con in the state of Florida, and it's it's one of the like top ten in the South. It's yeah. really awesome. It's all mm-hmm. dedicated to retro games and
1: people and that it's love right it. downtown Orlando. So it's awesome. be close uh-huh. to your pops, which should be great. But like for that con, we have been trying to do. A happy hour after dark which we tried to do last year but things kind of got sidetracked so we didn't get to do it but it's kind of the same thing like with con goers they kind of want to do something that's different they want to do something that is more like I said a comedy night or something that's more interactive. They don't want just a dance party, which a lot of these after-hour con parties have kind of turned into. Yeah, so- the
3: rave. How is that? A, how is that entertainment? It's a DJ blasting music. that yeah. You can't have a conversation. No. You can sweat all over the place. It smells like hell. Yeah. It's it's a bunch of roofied up, uh, you know, eighteen-year-olds. I don't need to be there.
1: Exactly. And on top of that, you got to think ninety percent of your con goers. That is a hundred percent of the things. That's gonna set off their their anxiety and their panic attacks. Like, oh yeah, they don't want to be in an environment like that. That makes them uncomfortable. They want to be in a calm, normal environment. Like they don't want loud music. They don't want to have to interact with people like that. They want to be able to sit down, listen to a panel. So, like for me, trust me, I, I I'm a big boy and I can drink. I don't want to go to a frigging rave. I want to go to your right. panel because it sounds amazing balls. Oh you
3: you want to hear about the 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 worst collision of cons ever. This is so funny. Uh, going back 2 years ago to uh Rothcon which is in Virginia. Uh, they, they they hold it in Virginia Beach now but they had it at the Hampton Coliseum. Uh, Convention Center year before last and I was there for that one. So you had it's it's ring of fire con It's basically a furry con. Okay, so so you got a furry con on one side of the convention center and on the other side you have a gun show I think they should have combined them and just called it Open Season Con. (laughs) (laughs) That that was the worst. Oh, not the worst conflict. No, 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 wait. Yoma Con in Detroit, we had a Southern Baptist Bible Convention thing going on at the same time. And to see these groups of people interacting in the lobby was – they didn't actually interact. It was like they they were – uh, magnetic polar opposites they just didn't come within 50 feet of each other it was the funniest thing i've ever seen
1: oh my goodness and
0: i could speaking totally of southern that. baptist yeah. we won't name the name but deuce and i used to go to a southern baptist school uh oh hardcore. my goodness
1: that is where we actually played uh duke nukem and, Tom, and yeah like oh, they, did not yes we did because blasphemy. Yeah. for me <laughs> we, we had one teacher whose name we are not going to name he was but the coolest he, he was the coolest and he loved video games so yep. we had a video game day and we said look we're gonna bring our playstation oh, and we'll bring some games so we brought madden and stuff that we could kind of fly by people or be the uh hey if somebody comes in that like the principal like we can put this game in and not get in yeah.
0: trouble so oh, no we had, kidding yeah right, so,
3: right
1: there on church grounds
0: right yeah hey, so that we had just inspired madden. me
3: for a new liner you guys thank you for the inspiration it would be if you're playing duke nukem in a church Um, Duke might say, oh, here we go. I've got it. Ready?
2: It goes. I hope it was a blast for you because it was certainly a blast for me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my God.
0: Which
1: is actually the complete and utter truth because we were in the middle of playing your game, and it was when it was the Western level when it was underneath the shitter, and it's like, oh, man, (laughs) you forgot Mr. Hankey, and the principal walked in, and we're like, Hey, what are you doing? And, like, it was nuts because, like, we basically made this whole cover story of, oh, no, we're learning about the Wild West through a video game. And he's like, that's Uh great. And then he left the room, and then we shot fucking everything. It was killed everything. (laughs) Like, we're like, oh, shit, thank God. Because, like, literally we had a guy that was standing next to it that had Madden palmed next to his chest just in case, like, somebody came in. He could hit the eject button, throw Madden in, and, like, turn it off <laughs> yeah. just because we were like oh my god like if the principal comes in we're all fucked
0: because our art the guy the teacher we had he he believed and i believe and deuce believes yeah. god has a sense of humor you yeah. know god likes oh, he to laugh to. Yeah. exactly he made the platypus he made right? trump yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my Sorry. gosh uh yeah so it's it's you know like i, I think it is we learned a lot yeah you know,
1: during those I, years we actually learned a lot from that particular person's yes. name we're not going to name just because he was like look man You can believe whatever you want to believe. This is what I believe. But I've got a sense of humor about it because there's a lot of people that believe in Christianity that don't have a sense of humor. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. (laughs) Like the people you were talking about at the convention. Those people Mm -hmm. do not have a sense of humor. Like you cannot just. Everybody
3: just lighten up a little bit.
1: Exactly. You can believe whatever you want to believe. And if you want to believe in Christianity, great. But just have a sense of humor about it. Have fun. And be cool to everybody else who maybe believes something else because maybe you're not right. And maybe they're not right. I don't know. I'm not up on high. I don't make those decisions. Yeah. But Decis- let's just be cool to everybody. Enjoy life. Be- yeah, yeah, life. You know, you just know?
3: because people think differently than you do, Democrats and Republicans, yeah. I'm talking to all of you, just because they think different from you doesn't make you right and them wrong. Yeah. Exactly. 100% Simple agree. as that. We're all just different. Can't we all just get
0: along? That's exactly that's, what it is. That's the truth. Uh, your, your voice, obviously, is like you talk about radio talk about games you talk about everything's you've done your your voice is got you to the party got you to the dance that is your bread yeah. and butter if you will mm-hmm. how do you for those at home that are getting into voice acting or those who have a podcast that talk a lot what what do you do to protect your voice or if you know you're going to have like this big you know thing you're going to be doing a game or something and you have to talk a lot for five days in a row is there anything you do to prep your voice or to try to protect your yeah voice? to
3: prep it protect it hell no I, I try to tear my voice up the most i can that's why i got this low rumble <laughs> shit going on and here's here's the deal um last night my band was rehearsing and oh, nice and 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 I'm best at voiceovers the the day after you can tell how low and rumbly my voice is today. It's because I was singing you know five octaves higher than this for five hours last night. And so anytime I have a game coming up or a commercial read that demands like the movie trailer thing, in a world,
2: in a land, far away,
3: you know, when I have to do that kind of read, I always drink a little tequila and sing the night before. I'll go out and do karaoke at a club nearby, and the next morning I wake up, you know, sounding like fucking Sam Elliott Coors like the Banquet Beer. You know, I get I get real low down there, and so that's how I prep for those kind of jobs. I never protect my voice at all, but I rarely get vocal strain because I— and most of the stuff I'm hired to do is usually in the low range. It's only when I do like the Crypt Keeper voice, you know, stupid shit like that, that I lose my, you know, my voice after a while.
0: Okay, well, so you're yeah. just like you, Duke Nukem is the anti-hero. You're the anti-voice prepper, I guess. You're the anti-voice yeah. or whatever. You're you're yeah, doing the opposite. usually
1: everybody's like, oh, you know, I rest my voice. I don't smoke. Like yeah. I do this and that. But yeah. you're like, fuck that. I get that shit as raspy exactly. right. like, as humanly possible.
3: Yeah it sounds like you know me. I drink tequila, I smoke cigarettes, I stay up too late. Uh yeah, exactly. And, and and it makes my voice lower and deeper and and it's been, you know, a good thing. It I get more work because of it. So I, I, don't, well, I don't know why everybody wants a low raspy shitty voice, but I've got a shitty one.
0: Well, it's funny cuz you you mentioned radio and like your voice sounds like a guy you hear on the radio, but you have that temper that resonance, as you said earlier to your voice. And it's, you think about now, I mean, I don't know how much you follow, like I know you're in current games and whatnot, but I don't know how much you follow other voice actors in video games. But, uh, you know, you have this new generation, if you will, uh, Nolan North, Troy Baker, all these people Mm -hmm. that are coming in doing voice, voice work. uh, Mm -hmm. Jennifer Hale, I think is another one. And like all these Mm -hmm. amazing voice actors, like, What do you what do you see in that? Like, what's your take on the current uh, model of current generation of voice actors?
3: Oh, I think they're comparable to every other generation of voice actors. I mean, there are always those standouts, and um, uh, Steve Bloom, for instance, very talented voice actor. Steve has quite a range, and I I believe he may be one of the most prolific voice actors in video games. I think he has more titles under his belt than anybody. uh, not because he does a whole lot of characterizations, but because he's a good actor. You know, and there are so many people getting into voice acting. Uh, It's unfortunate. All the people who lost their jobs in radio over the last decade because, you know, the corporatization of of radio, Um, a lot of DJs who are what we call pukers kind of talk like this. Right. So they they sign up to be a voice actor and they get a script for, let's say, it's a Geico and they go, Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on your car insurance. And they're like, no, thank you. Uh, can you do that in a normal read? Sure, here's my normal read. Geico, 15 minutes, good. Could... No, that's, I feel bad for them. But there are, are a lot of very talented voice actors uh, in that new uh, generation, as you speak of, you know, um, who have the same chops as the guys in the previous generation, like me. And it's all a filter down, trickle down kind of thing. It's weird to say this, but um, here in Southern California, I was... Uh, very aware of the fact that, for instance, when uh, Don LaFontaine died, you remember Don LaFontaine? Yeah, definitely. He is the guy who was in a world, in a land before time, right? He was the movie trailer guy. When he passed away, other guys moved up the chain, The guy you hear on all those movie trailers and TV promos now with that really low, raspy voice. a guy, Ashton Smith, you didn't even know his name until this moment. But he's the guy you hear on everything now. And and the guy, when he moved up to those, he abandoned a lot of jobs that were, say, regional commercials and ads and stuff like that. Other guys moved up into that. It it actually happened for me when Ernie Anderson passed away many years ago. He's before your time, but he was the guy who was uh, most famous as being – the ABC network announcer. So he'd be on the love boat. Okay, that was that was his gig. When he passed away, he also had a, a bunch of uh, regional car dealer spots here in Southern California. Well, the next guy down in the line moved up and got the spots that Ernie had, and I moved up to get all the stuff that that fella had been doing. So there, it's kind of a trickle-down thing. As, as us voice actors get older and literally die, uh, everybody moves up the food chain a little bit. And that sounds a little morbid, but it's it's there's some truth to that. It's weird.
0: It's the damn truth, as we like to say. It it's the damn truth. Uh, it's no. the damn truth. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, for me, like, I've always, when I was a kid, like, I've always gravitated towards, uh, like, announcing, and, like, we're, Deuce and I are right. huge wrestling fans. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you there's the commentator it's someone that just speaks you know at events or whatnot and then there's the ring announcer and all that like i always try to like listen and hear what they're doing and and try to because in a situation where you're in a live event anything can go wrong and it's all about being able to pick yourself up if you make a mistake or not letting the people know you made a mistake and so it's it's one thing is speaking at a live event and then another thing to be speaking you know in a booth and you know you can kind of just riff until they say stop uh have you ever had an experience where you were at a live event? Uh, do you do many live events? I know you had the one that yeah, you're talking yeah. about. I do live announce. Mm-hmm. And I emcee
3: wonder... a lot of events. I emcee uh, the opening ceremonies for a lot of conventions.
0: Oh, awesome. So <laughs> it's, it's different because, uh, you know, so have you ever had, I want to ask you this, have you ever had an issue, issue where your voice, you, you couldn't, like, your voice just went out, like it was gone? Like you just were like, hey, I can't. Have you ever had laryngitis, for example? Oh yeah, I
3: have and, and and I lose money. I can't do auditions and I and I've had to, you know, give up jobs in the past when uh and, and often <laughs> I shouldn't say often these days, but it used to be I'd get the con cough after every convention appearance and come home and be sick for three weeks. And by conference. the second week, yeah. my voice is like this and I can't do anything, and that's a loss of income. I'm much more careful these days. I mean I'm not the guy wearing the freaking surgical mask on the plane, but I always have hand sanitizer with me and I I eat airborne like candy for a good week to a week and a half before every con and during the con and on my way home. I, uh, I don't make physical contact with too many people if I don't have to. You know, I shake a lot of hands and hug a lot of people at conventions, but I keep that hand sanitizer, and, and you can see me every few minutes doing that and cognizant of never touching my face. I won't rub my eyes, pick my nose or pick my teeth or lick my fingers. And and it's actually worked for me because uh, several times I've come back from cons very sick and got laryngitis, and uh, man, that's a, that's a killer for your your career. When a, uh, always the best auditions or biggest jobs come along, when you've lost your voice, I guess it's one of Murphy's laws.
0: Well, you said you did a voice earlier, the the typical Geico voice there it reminds me of when uh Deuce and I were watching wrestling when we were younger there was a guy named Todd Pettengill I don't know if you know the name uh he was a radio DJ as well and then he kind of transitioned into like the backstage interview guy and he'd interview people uh-huh. but he had the very you know yes little WWE you know the very uh-huh. just over exaggerated over and something's right. called for that but like it, it uh-huh. did get to a point where you're just like okay this is this guy just he wore you to death. You're just like, oh my gosh, go let's get let's go to commercial and break now, you know, and like. Is it didn't... like
3: the like the first time you ever saw uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and you're like, when is uh, Jim Carrey going to stop acting like that? <laughs> right, you, yes. right. Really, think back to that. When, when is he going to is he going to stop doing that? So it's one of those announcers who are on all the time, like, a couple of minutes on the left side of five o'clock, laughing and scratching all the way to work today, looking at you through the hole of that forty-five. Yeehaw! Yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up. How long can they say is this guy on coke? Kane, yeah, please relax. Is that what you're talking about? The fatigue factor 100%. of hearing somebody who never stops doing this.
0: Yeah, 100. percent And yeah. he didn't have a job for very long. He only had a job for a couple of years, but it was just it. It also loses its authenticity, in my opinion. Like oh, yeah. people. Because, like, if you're excited about something, people can pick up on that, right? Because if you're into it, then other people will be into it. If you're just kind of phoning it in, so to speak, or you're just overacting or not really putting much time, you're just there to cash a paycheck and you don't put your heart into it. Like, I think people can pick Mm -hmm. up on that. You know, they can feel what you're trying to do. Sometimes
3: I think it might be a compensation, too, um, because worse than being overanimated and hyper on the are those people who just talk like this the whole time and you cannot stand listening to them because they're just goddamn boring as fuck.
0: You you remind me of uh, the old uh, pharmaceutical commercials they would play uh, uh, before Price is Right. (laughs) Those commercials. (laughs) (laughs) What, the knockoff Cialis? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Or the, oh, I've fallen. Oh, what is that? Uh, I've fallen, yeah, I can't I get fall up.
3: I've fallen, and I can't get up. Yeah.
0: And you were a loved one. And when... you never will, bitch. Stay down. <laughs> <laughs> you were a loved one every exposed to asbestos. You know, and you just hear, like, the voice. <laughs> They're so just like... They're so tranquil that you're just like, all right, let's let's flip the channel. Uh, but no, it's interesting because I've always gravitated towards voice actors, and I'm talking about like the the Mel Blanks, the the Mel Brooks. The goodness, the- like
1: he goes to MegaCon the few times he's been to MegaCon. He doesn't want like the people from Walking Dead or like the actor signatures. Who does he take? He takes video games to get the voice actor signatures. Yep. That's a guy that he spends money on. Like God you did bless it. For, you. Exactly, <laughs> right? Like you did it with Troy Baker. Yeah, yeah, You did it with a bunch of people. Like yeah. the last time you went to MegaCon, you had three video game cases. I'm like, "Who are you going to go see?" And he's like, "I'm going to see Troy Baker and these other two people uh, to sign video game cases." I'm like, "You're not going to see, you know, the, the guys from Walking Dead right. or the guys from this and that. He's like, yeah, fuck those guys. I'm going to see the video Game Boys act Yeah, because for well, me. Well, Johnny, here's
3: yeah. my advice for you, my friend. Yes, when you sir. and I meet up and I have merch that you want signed, don't have me just sign the case. Have me sign the case and the insert and the CD because when I'm dead... You can sell them all separately on eBay for a lot more money. <laughs> that is
1: brilliant, my friend. Because oh. now I will give him this. He usually has the insert signed, and if they'll do it, he'll have him sign the disc, too. Yeah, it, so depends it depends on the, depends on the person. It depends how, busy, how yeah. busy they are, too. If they, yeah. got a,
0: they try it. The thing is, Cause I've, I've think, noticed a uh, voice.
1: Mr. Uh, TB might have brushed you off and only signed one thing. Well, Allegedly. the, thing, well, the thing is, he was so busy. And the yeah. thing
0: is, he told, me, he told me straight up. He was like, hey, you seem really cool. And we're hanging out and chatting and stuff. Cause uh, he had a shirt on. Uh, I was con- he had like a band shirt on, or whatever. And I was talking about it. Mm-hmm. He was really chill with it. And he was just talking. It's like about that's
1: it. really cool, but you gotta get the fuck out of here. Well, I he need didn't to say sell, that. Like, more
0: people. But no, 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 he didn't say that. What he was saying was no, like. No, he-, he didn't. Allegedly. No, <laughs> he's he's all like, man. That's the only thing about these huge conventions. This is this was like MegaCon. He's like, there's just you see the line is so long, you know. And and I have these people telling me to hurry it up. You know, they actually. I don't know if you experienced that at all, but they have people that are like. Wrap it up, Gotta hurry up, get it, you oh, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like the 30 staff, seconds, that's what they're 15 there for. seconds, you know, yeah. hurry up. they got to keep
3: that line moving. When there's, you know, two and a half hour long line of people who want an autograph, yeah. you got to keep it moving pretty quick. Also, they uh, most cons put a limit. You can sign like three items only yeah, or right. four items only is the max. So sure. a lot of them put that restriction on us. I cheat on it every fucking time, though. Yeah. I'll sign anything you put in front of me. I don't care how much stuff you got.
0: That's awesome. Uh, If
3: you're going to spend the fucking money to come to a con, you're going to pay for a hotel room and a badge and your food for the weekend so you can meet people like me. I'm sure as shit going to make it worth your time.
0: Speaking of worth your time, I I don't want to glaze it because obviously you've done a lot of things in your career, you know, between video Mm -hmm. game acting and DJing and going to events and being emcees. There's another character that I didn't know you did the voice of until probably ten years ago. Um was the character for Sonic Adventure. uh, for the? Don't make me have to kick your ass. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. You're going to bring up Big the Cat now, are you? Uh, Well, I'm a big Sonic fan, so I'm a big fan of of the series.
3: This is is a joke, by the way. My fans love the fact that I hate the voice I did for that character. Oh, my God. We did not know that. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that. What's that? We did not know that you hated that voice, or we would not <laughs> oh, have no, asked no. the question. It, well, I, I make fun of it because fans get such
3: a kick out of it because it's just the most, I hate to say the word retarded, but yeah. just the stupidest damn, the the way that audition took, there wasn't even an audition. Uh, you you want the story, the backstory? On sure. sure. No, yeah, Whatever you want to tell okay. us, for sure. Sonic Adventures, we go back to what, I don't know, year 2000, no, before that, 1998. Yeah, seven or eight, yeah, maybe. Game came Sonic out 98.
0: Adventures? Yeah, game came out in 98. Yeah, it was around that time.
3: Yeah. Um, again, Lonnie Manella, the same person who cast me for Duke Nukem 3D. She calls me and she goes, we're recording a new Sonic the Hedgehog game um, this Friday afternoon in Kearney Mesa. I'll need you to be there. And I went, um, is this audition? She goes, no, no we're just going to give you a part. I'm like, okay. So I, I show up. And she shows me this artwork of Big the Cat. And she goes, okay, here's this big, fat, purple, stupid cat. And we need, like, just a stupid voice for him. And I'm like, what do you mean a stupid voice? She goes, just read this line and say it's stupid. Froggy, you don't look so good,
2: little buddy. She went, that'll do.
3: Like, no, no! <laughs> Please let me do something else. Not that. She goes, no, no, they like that. I said, Who's they? They're, well, they're listening on the line from Japan. The, the director just said she liked that. I'm like, okay, fine. So I did that stupid voice for Big the Cat and I thought it was a nothing character that would go nowhere. And then the next thing I know, people are Big the Cat freaking fans. And when somebody pointed every time somebody points it out at a convention, I go, Oh God, not that again. And everybody laughs. Oh yeah. So it's a it's just a big freaking joke that I hate the voice I did. I don't hate the character. I don't hate right. the game.
0: Right. Well,
3: it's but a different they like, generation.
0: You know, mm-hmm. it's a different generation because you think ninety eight. You know, we were, you know, That's Deuce and I had already been difference. playing. Yeah. Well, we had already been playing games for over a decade, right, or longer than yeah. that. You know, before that, so our generation have gone through the whole uh, physical media and cartridges and all that, and then they were like, all right, well, CD ROMs are really kind of making a big break again. So they were like, let's do introduce CD. when technology changed, people wanted to introduce the CD ROM games, and so like kids were getting systems for the first time, they were getting uh, Dreamcast, and that was their first system, and they were first introduced to Sonic during that time. So it's like, that's their generation. So it's always interesting when we talk to people about video games, like, what was your first console? Someone will say 64 or Dream... You can kind of tell what generation they're from by the first console that they bought. And Sonic Adventure was the very first... Fully realized 3D game. Like they'd played with it with the Sega 3D, uh, Sega CD thing, but it wasn't fully, uh, fully uh, three dimensional. This is a fully three-dimensional world that Sonic was in. So at a, at, for a technical standpoint, for the industry, it was mind-blowing. Like, yeah. you could do something like this. And to have voice, ag- voice acting and awesome music on top of it, like, I have, I mean, I have literally have Sonic Adventure in my case for my Dreamcast right now. <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> it's, so it's it's something that I didn't realize, because I didn't get to have a Dreamcast when it first came out. It was something that I picked up later, because Deuce and I collect retro systems as well. Right. Uh-huh. And yeah. it was Thanks a to that, Retro Game Treasure. Yeah, so we have uh, our also sponsor, Retro, retro game, game, game Treasure. They're, they're Awesome. They they they're just they love video games. They're video game historians. They have this whole warehouse. It's awesome. So we learn a lot from them. And they were telling us different stories about the Dreamcast and whatnot. But it was interesting to see to go back and look at the times you know what was going on during that time you know there was a lot of things in the industry that were changing and te- technology was changing and Sonic yeah. that was a big movement in the 3D platformer because you know just two years prior you Sega. had Sega there you go you had Mario 64 before that that was like the, yeah. maybe the first one but people didn't understand the technology but it wasn't until Dreamcast they were like all right we kind of understand this technology we're going to make it look amazing we're going to make it sound sound great so that's when yeah. like voice acting makes sense and a game like that where you got the fu- you get to utilize the full realization of that ru- that disc and that for me that's fascinating when I hear stories about people talking about different things going on, you know, through that industry and it's just like an awesome time capsule to go back and look at where the, things were during that time. And we talked about, you know, PC earlier and how PCs have changed and things are going digital now and like the whole world is kinda, you know, faster and, and more instant gratification and social media and tweeting and retweeting and all this stuff. The world has really gotten faster. Like you're connected immediately. Like you could tweet something Two, two minutes from now, and he can reach someone to China in seconds. And it's unbelievable, that the the power of the Internet, you know. And, uh, you know, it's for me. And I, we owe
3: it all to Al Gore, who, as you know, invented he the did. Internet. Yeah,
0: he invented the Internet. <laughs> and
3: uh, he, Hey, uh, I, I noticed a minute ago, Johnny, you were, uh, I mean, Deuce, you, yeah. you heard the messenger ding, and you checked your phone. I did. That was be, mine. Well, that it was, was yours, mind-giving. but
1: I actually have At, some questions for you. Uh, that have came in from my fantasy football league, but here's the thing. Oh. We're going to act uh, kind of like you do uh, if you are on Inside the Actor's Studio. I need you to channel Duke Nukem. I need to talk to Duke Nukem if that's uh, at all possible.
3: I, I think maybe, let me let me see if I can... Can
2: I... <clears throat> <clears throat> all right, what the fuck do you want?
1: All right. Uh, Mr. Nukem, if you right. will... These questions are horrible, and they are from my fantasy football league. So I wouldn't I, have
2: expected anything less.
1: So I apologize in advance, and I hope we will still get more interviews from you because you're amazing. But question- Let's rock.
0: <laughs> and I like your hair. Your haircut's awesome.
1: It is awesome. So the first question is, how much alien poon do you smash on the reg? <laughs>
2: Let's just say somewhere around 45%. I'm a little picky, but they're all pink inside.
1: Well, I, I would probably agree with that with you, sir. Okay, which boobs are softer, <laughs> fake ones or alien ones?
2: Alien ones, for sure. That three-titted bitch, smoothest titties I've ever felt. Hell, I'd still hit it.
1: And the last one, and this is the only hard one for you, sir, Mr. Oh, Newman. no,
2: I got a hard one right here.
1: <laughs> and that is, what would your response be to Kim Kong un or I guess it's Kim Jong-un. Yeah. They put it Kim Kong un
2: they to stick one of those ICBMs right up your little ass, you motherfucker. Kim Jong-un, your face, your ass, what's the difference? He's the poster child for birth control. <laughs>
1: My dad actually says that's me on the regular. (laughs) So I'm glad that there's somebody else that gets that title besides me. But, uh, oh, my goodness. What conventions do you have coming up in the near future that our fans can go and see you at?
3: Okay, let's see. Uh, Next is Alexandria, Virginia. That's weekend after next. I'll be at Mag Labs, which is kind of like a baby con for Mag Fest, which used to be my favorite con. It's a a huge one, over 20,000 in attendance that they do over in National Harbor. But they haven't invited me in a few years, so uh, they can suck me. Um, the next one <laughs> is... <laughs> Get on
2: your knees, MagFest, and blow.
3: Okay, let's see. Um, <laughs> now they know I'm joking. They love me over there. At least they used to. They don't. They can't blow. Um, then it's uh, Yomacon in Detroit. Yomacon is my favorite convention of all the cons that I appear at. Um, It's huge It's over 20,000 also It's in the top 10 in North America And in t- downtown Detroit, Michigan Of all places But they freaking love Duke Nukem in Detroit So I'm, I'm always welcome there And I, I enjoy it I have RothCon in Virginia Beach I've got uh, Anime Milwaukee Or Key as they call it In um, uh, Milwaukee Durr. And I just got back from Where was I just? Oh my god, it was two weeks ago And I can't remember where the hell I came from I, I doesn't matter. I've already done it. It's
2: history. Move on, asshole. Thank
3: you so much. Johnny, Deuce, thank you. Thank
0: you. Have a great you, man. night. You we'll talk to night. you soon.
3: Bye. Have a happy editing session. <laughs> Will do.
0: <laughs> Later. See you, man. Bye. Take Bye. care. Reach out
2: at hhpodcastshow at gmail.com, twitch.tv forward slash Happy Podcast. Facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show, SoundCloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast. Log on, check it out, jerk it off, make it count, suck it down. Hashtag deuce is on the loose. That's how you reach out to the happy hour podcast, bitches.